Welcome back to the Journey to Christ podcast. Today I'm flying solo, which feels kind of weird because usually it's me and Lawrence and he'll be like talking. I can think about what I'm going to say while he's talking or trying to like follow where he's going with it. Whereas when it's just me, I have to like, in air quotes, entertain you guys the entire time without any breaks. And if you know me, like I like people, obviously. But I'm not like this huge, like, center of the attention kind of guy where I want everyone to be like, staring at me, if that makes sense. Anywho, today I want to talk about lessons for my mission. I served in Ohio, which is kind of like a wasteland, not really, but I wouldn't really want to come back there for a while just because there's not a lot out there for me, per se. That being said, the people there are really cool. Down earth, I always call them the southern kind of like porch dwellers because you're walking down the streets and you see all these people there just chilling on their porch. And it's such a great way to be able to talk to them about the gospel and our message. That being said, obviously, missions are so tough. And I've been home now for three years. And I still think a lot about things I learned. But also, I have this... um background thought which I don't really like which is man you wasted two years because I have like other peers of mine that have really grown fast academically and some are finished now with their entire college experience they have like their careers getting started and that's really cool but then I go back to would I be the same person that I am today had not gone on any mission and was the mission really for me at all or was it for other people? Like, let's say I got on the mission and I learned no new skills, didn't come closer to God at all. Yeah, that's kind of a failure, but my job in being there was to help other people come under Christ. So, but yeah, obviously though, you want to be converted yourself and grow, all that good stuff. But... Listen to the sacrament talk today, and it talked about our tears or like motivations for following Christ. And it went into the first one is you feel like you have to follow Christ. Next one is that you should, and last or top one is you want to. And I feel like for a long time, my main motivation was under the have to. Like if I don't. Either way, I'm going to go to hell then, or hell and damnation, and fire and brimstone, and who wants that? So, under obligation, I kind of have to follow some sort of principles. But lately, it's been shifting into I want to, but even that goes back, back and forth for me, because it's hard... I don't think love is stationary. You got to keep on working towards love. It's an action toward doing the right thing. But I want to talk more about my mission, which honestly I don't talk about a lot because normally if I'm in like a conversation, I'm more like asking questions about your life and all that fun stuff. So I'm not like a big like storyteller per se, but this is a podcast, I guess. So got to fill the time with something here. My mission, though, I feel like the very beginning was really tough on me because before my mission, 
I didn't really talk to a lot of people. I was homeschooled, so which meant I was at my house mainly just doing schoolwork online. So I didn't really have to talk to a lot of people per se. Did a lot of like uh, programming and just other just stuff like studying. And there's a lot of just like indoor activities. So here I'm kind of transported to this land where I'm talking to people all day long and it's freezing cold, at least for me. I'm like Arizonian, that's not a word, but we'll make it one now. So anything that's colder than like 50 degrees is too much for me. And over there, it can get to like minus 10 and where it's just a cold that goes like right through your soul. It's a lot, but um, I would say, yeah, trying to how to word this is awkward. Where's Lawrence when I need him? Um, but yeah, all throughout my life, I had a pretty bad stutter, and it was more like an off and on. So like, there'd be like moments in my life where it was like good, wasn't really a problem, but it would have like flare ups. Think of like acne, where I had like those flare ups, and it's kind of out of nowhere sometimes. But the mission just kind of triggered all of this uh, stress and anxiety for me, where just talking at all was almost impossible. Doing phone calls or having to introduce ourselves as missionaries. And it's hard to explain like the mindset and how, because most people, you think of thought and you say it out loud and that's kind of the end of the story and that's how it goes. But for me, it was more, I have a thought, it's like a puzzle piece. So let's say I want to say like a phrase those are different pieces to a puzzle in my head. I have to figure out the right way to say it in the right tonality so it comes off right. I don't know how to explain that to you, but if I don't do that little game in my head, when I say something, either I'll like hold it too long where I'm saying like, mm, like that, or I'll try and talk, but it's like, like, like frozen for a second. So really annoying but normally it wasn't a problem in my life but i remember my first week as a missionary and we have like something called comp study where you basically you read the scriptures together you read preach my gospel together basically you just go over the gospel and learn it and discuss things and in this instance we are reading chapters of, of, of preach my gospel back to back it was my turn. I kid you not, this entire paragraph of this page, every word was just like, I could not say it. Like it was not coming out right. And I stopped mid-sentence and then stared at my companion. I was like, yeah, as you can tell, I'm pretty bad at talking. Um, sorry, this is my trainer. We've been out for like a week. Uh, I still remember <laughs> the exact room where we were sitting, everything it was so awkward. And I even, that very day, I messaged uh, my mission president. I was like, you know what? I thought this was going to be a good idea. I want to go home. And then I emailed my dad that day too. And it's hard because right now I'm like, obviously just... Keep it out, you know, stick it out. But in that moment, it was just a lot of anxiety. And 
more of the feeling that this is not possible. Like other people sure you have to deal with other things like, I don't know, being scared of doing it. I literally cannot. But my dad emailed me back the scripture, which I have always liked a lot. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. I probably won't read all of it, but I'll kind of like go through it. This is verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that one might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, why rather glory in my infirmities that the power of God Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I made strong. I am become a fool in glorifying. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you. For nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. So I want to kind of like extract that, for lack of better words. Um, first, like Paul, I was in the same boat where I thought, I was praying this away. If I have enough faith and really believe in this, you know, God will take this away from me. And obviously, that's not how that worked out at all. But I like how it says, my grace or, yes, made perfect in weakness. And perfect is a very strong word when you think of perfect. Because I had this thought, actually. For those of you who have gone to the temple for the endowment session, I always thought, why is it that we are dressed all in white, but we have this um, sash, I guess, or, yeah, I guess you call it like a, sash or whatever it's the uh represents the green leaves from the garden of eden like why is it on there when we have this pure white and it's clean why have this leaf which represents vulnerability and weakness and uh to me notice how it says made perfect in weakness it doesn't say his grace is made perfect in sin, or sorry, strength is made perfect, but doesn't say in sin, it says in weakness. And there are some things that, for whatever reason, it's a weakness. Now, kind of do at the umbrella here, I don't think that things like not being able to speak well or anxiety, depression are sins. Those are weaknesses. And... God's grace or his strength is made perfect through that because it then gives him the chance, I think, to show his glory. And he even says, I have become a fool in glorifying. You have compelled me. He's basically saying, you win. Like, I didn't realize that this is how it worked. But this weakness gives God a chance to show you his glory through you. Because... 
your weakness is almost so great that it would take a miracle. It would take God's strength or power or grace to overcome that weakness in you. And that to me is powerful as timetable-wise because God has no timetable for miracles. No one can say, well, to do X miracle, it should take you two years. When I think about for the whole stutter thing, that was my entire life. That was from three years old until the mission and how crazy that God can in a matter of a few weeks get that out of me it's that's such a blessing in some ways I love to verse 13 or sorry huh you sorry 11 my bad my bad my bad for and nothing am I behind the very cheapest apostles, though I be nothing. And for me, that was a big one. Because when you're a missionary, and your goal and your job is to preach the gospel, and you can't even talk, <laughs> that to me was embarrassing. Because if there's a line of missionaries in terms of skill and talent, I felt like I was like last in line. I love here how he says, I'm not behind the cheapest apostles. In other words, God's strength for his grace can almost make up or compensate for your weakness. And your belief in him can overpower that weakness. I kind of have this um, I guess vision or um, imagery in my head of Christ is doing the atonement in the Garden of, of Gethsemane. And you're behind this tree just kind of watching him. And you've been instructed, you can't help him or move or say anything. All you can do is watch. And you're watching the Savior of the world suffer for mankind's sins and temptations and every bad thought out there. And inside of that imagery, you see just loved inside of him he is the personification of love but during that you hear all these thoughts around jesus of that he doesn't love me and why would a god allow all these bad things to happen when you're literally watching christ suffer for them i i think about this because at some point god doesn't owe us anything he made us, he saved us from death and sin so we can be resurrected. And then we're asking for more handouts. And how patient and loving God must be to not only create us, but then to save us, and then to send us down here to make this entire planet for us and the structure and our families and the commandments and prophets and all of that. But then from that point, for us to still complain and ask for more handouts from him. That's crazy to me. But kind of going on a tangent here. Continuing on for lessons I learned from my mission. If we had to go on for the list. So first one would be that God's grace and strength can overcome anything. Absolutely anything. If, it be, if it's his will, 
he can do it. Number two is just working really, really hard. I think that's why the mission for me was such a wonderful time because it taught me how to really work. Before that, I was a dishwasher and a package handler and I worked hard, but it was all physical. It wasn't really emotionally draining because they're dishes. I mean, how hard can it be? But the mission was a time of a lot of focus. But I always kind of thought if we have like um, two tables, right? And table A is all of my dreams and aspirations and desires and what I want from life. Table B is God's aspirations and what he wants from me. I think we'd be shocked and surprised how much more abundant and prosperous table B is compared to our table A. I always kind of thought that I knew what I wanted from life and what I expected. The more I think I grow up, the more I realize that God has my highest ideals for me. Like all the thoughts and visions and dreams I have, they came from somewhere. I think all the good ones came from him. And I guess for me, hell would be, it's judgment day. And I kind of imagine there's a table, two chairs, Christ sits down, hugs me, and we just start talking. And hell for me would be Christ saying, hey, I want you to meet somebody. And I shake his hand and I realize, wait, that's me. But as we're talking, I realize that we're complete strangers. Like the way this man talks, his beliefs, his values, what he stood for, what he accomplished on earth is nothing compared to what I did. And that to me would be hell when God allows you to meet the best version of yourself, the one that he created you to be in his image, you shake his hand and you realize, I kind of messed up. There was so much more for me to do that these gifts and these talents that God gave for me were kind of thrown away. So that for me has taught a lot about working hard, but under the direction of God. Because otherwise, why are we here? That, that for me is a big one. When I was going through like my faith journey of like, why is God even a thing? It always came back first into how are we here? Like, I don't believe that the Big Bang Theory has happened and all these planets and <laughs> trees and grass and oceans has happened to be perfectly created for us. That's me made me no sense. So I knew that God existed but I still didn't know always in what form the mission has helped me to figure out this over time through the Book of Mormon and teaching people what that all meant for me um yeah I would say that was the lesson number two for me was working hard but under the direction of God because making money is great but I want everything I do to be for the benefit of God. And I could go on and on and on for this lesson thing, but I'll keep it kind of short today. Because we haven't done like an episode actually in a few weeks for the podcast. Um, that's my bad. We always get kind of busy. But 
This last one was praying as if. This is actually a principle for my mission president. We were in um, interviews. I was telling him about my prayers and how they weren't what I was looking for. They weren't very spiritual. And he he gave me the instruction to pray as if I was speaking directly to Heavenly Father and I could see him listening to me. And how would I, I pray if I knew he was listening to me like alive on the spot? So I kind of imagined as a missionary being on my knees and then God in his throne, his chariot was listening to this humble guy uh, reach out to him. And then the other part of his, his advice was after my prayer was finished to just sit there all I need still, not saying any words, and I'll hear his response in my head kind of. So to visualize God still on his throne or wherever he was at, thinking and reacting to my prayer. That to me has been so helpful and really making God a real thing, not some abstract topic, but a real person out there. So I'll probably do a part two. I feel it's kind of YouTube-ish, but I'll do more of this later on because my mission two years long, so a lot to talk about. But I hope you guys are happy as you are following God and living your best life. Have a great day.